you're locked in to the afternoon viewing of Young Nostalgia. I'm your host, Boobity Bob. <laughs> Let's take a look. Welcome back to another fabulous week after our beauty sleep of a rest week. We're back with another fabulous Young Nostalgia. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, I'm Nolan. Ben is beside me. And we're bringing you episode 102 of Young Nostalgia. We're going to be focusing on afternoon movie hosts as well as horror hosts. And we're going to be talking about kind of the significance that they brought to them back when television was uh, very unique and people actually did that kind of thing. Ben, how are you doing today, big guy? Uh, doing good, doing good. That week, Having that week off was a little bit on the unplanned size, but... Uh... Yeah. I mean, just like my kid so what <laughs> just kidding <laughs> you know you would think you would think my best friend would know that kind of thing no that's false we are not having a kid it's just not a thing it just took me a second like it took me a second to even get what you were saying i'm like wait what <laughs> oh <laughs> congratulations oops yeah no i'm just kidding yeah, oops oops yeah <laughs> just kidding that's not true that's not true. I think it is. Anyway, this is getting weird. I think he's hitting something. Episode 102. <laughs> Episode 102. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, we're excited. Um, it was funny that this kind of topic actually came across talking to my mom on Mother's Day. Is that weird? Uh, not at all. Sometimes my mom will start talking. I'm like, oh my gosh, stop your thought. Just stop talking. That's a good idea. And then I'll write it in our show note, like shared <laughs> notepad. Just stop. Just stop talking. My mom says that too, but right. for other reasons. Wait, she told she tells you to stop talking. Yeah, she just it was it's more of a in like a you won't stop talking, so just shut up kind of thing. But really, because most of the time, Ben, you don't talk much at all. <laughs> it probably just depends on how. Well, never mind. Let's move on. Okay, sorry. <laughs> this is getting to be a train wreck. I love it. I'm just saying how much uh, so, how much alcohol is in my system at any given time. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah it's direct, I love it. The, the amount of words coming out of my mouth is directly proportional to the amount of beers that have gone into my mouth. Right, and and I'm pretty sure Ben's alcohol content in his blood is higher than red and white blood cells blood cells <laughs> combined. Wow, that's I don't feel like that's a that's not a nice thing. That's not a good thing. You don't think? What so? are you saying here, Nolan? Is this an intervention? No, I, I, I fully support everything you do. <laughs> My blood's like antifreeze. In, 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 fact, in fact, I would be the first one to get up and get you a beer before you finish your last one. That means so a lot. You know that's true. That means a lot. You know that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you, you are my, I, I am your number one fan. You're, you're my best friend. So, <laughs> of course, beer, beer for you takes priority. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Anytime. Now it's time for you to tell me how you feel about me. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that'd be like a, a hardcore on the spot. Uh, God. Yeah, you're you're kind of all right. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you're you're there. You're, you're yeah. <laughs> right. I I only lived with you in college because I had no other choice. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> All the all the other good roommates were taken. Right. I showed up late to the meeting when we picked up rooms, so 
you were the last you were the last name to be drawn and i'm i'm like i'm like that uh that picture of spongebob in the corner when you get my name when he's like excited to do the battle of the bands or whatever <laughs> yeah uh, last resort right have to admit junior year was a blast anyway episode one or two let's get into it we're going to be talking about afternoon and horror tv movie hosts kind of um the basis for them and you still see them a little bit today but we'll be talking about the significance of them in the past so what do you say man let's do it let's do it Ayo. <laughs> All right, episode 102, hopping on in it. Who wants to do the overview? I'll go ahead and do the overview. All right, let's do it. So, See, I, I, what? I, I don't do it as good as you. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, the pre-movie host has been around, uh, it's been all kinds of variations on this one topic. Uh, it's been around really ever since television first started. Uh, relegated to usually an hour-long format, uh, the new, the few series that had hosts, generally uh, anthology programs starring a performer who was also the star, uh, such as Dick Powell, who hosted and starred in Alcoa Theater series from 1957 to 1960. So with commercials being... Uh, needing to be inserted, it was often easy for a network to expand an hour or 90-minute movie into two hours uh, with the addition of a host. Uh, That's interesting where it's like, well, we have this time slot. We've got nothing better. Let's just throw Dick in because because he can he can waste time. Right. And, and, and you know... Not like waste all, time, but you know. Uh, I don't want to say it. It's. It seems a lot of times like people's thought processes towards radio and television are a little bit backwards. You know, people like, oh man, there's way too many commercials. Like, it'd be nice if we just had this. Just trying to watch this movie, it'd be so nice if there wasn't commercials. Mm-hmm. You know, but in the grand scheme of things, on the business side of things, the whole point of the show is to get you to watch the commercials. Right, you know I mean? like to stick around to come back. It's, you know? it's not like something that was already on and they just decided, hey, let's throw some commercials in there. No, it's the whole point of the television station, the whole point of the radio station is to get listeners to get ad revenue. Right, right. And I, I think not super pertinent into what we're talking about, but it's it's I, I it's just one of those things I hear people say, they complain about commercials, be like, oh, it'd be so nice if there are no commercials or... Or whatever, and it's like you know, it's that's the whole point of that's the whole reason right. why you're watching what you're watching is specifically for the commercials, <laughs> right? And it's like even though I own the own the movie on VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray, if it's on TV, I'll watch it anyway. Yes, I. Fall- My mom always thought that was so weird. Like, I've seen the movie twenty million times, but you know, if it's on FX, I'm gonna watch it the entire afternoon. Yeah, well, growing up. Uh, the big thing, it was, uh, they used to do, around the holidays, AMC used to do the Godfather Marathon. And mm, it was like yeah, yeah. 36 hours of the Godfather on repeat. All one, two, and uh, they didn't always play number three, because uh, number three is kind of crappy. But, and my dad would, 
my dad and I would always get sucked into watching them. <laughs> it's like, you know what? They stretch a three-hour movie, and it's it's a whole-day commitment by the time they do commercials. Right. Towards the end of the movie. Absolutely. Because they start throwing in more commercials towards the end of the movie because they know they got you hooked. And it turns mm-hmm. into more commercials than there is movie content. And every single time, it's like in the middle of the movie we're talking about, like, you know, I got these on DVD. We can just, like, put them in and Pop watch it them. In. And then we don't. <laughs> And then we continue watching it for like another four hours. <laughs> right. And and it's like in our mind, it's like, oh, well, you know, the commercials are just a free pause button. We don't have to hit the pause button. Right. That's that's when you take your break, go to the bathroom and do everything else. But, but kind of steering this back towards, you know, movie hosts or whatever, afternoon hosts. So I kind of put it in later in the overview, se- overview section. But when you talk about the commercials being in there, the content, like, so not even just the movie, but the movie plus, which is the hosts is actual just extra content, right? So a lot of times the hosts will give like background knowledge of the movie or actors or actresses, or like, let's say the talk, like there's like a a mini talk show, right? So there's like somebody hosting with the actual stars that were in the films. And they kind of talked about behind the scene filming, behind the scene things. Like that's just extra content to kind of make the movie more meaningful while you watch it. Right. So sometimes, sometimes there'll be even like trivia where it'll be, they'll like ask a question about the movie and then they won't give you the answer until after the commercial breaks, right? So you're mm-hmm. still hooked in whether it be the movie itself or uh, you want you want to hear more about it before it starts again after the commercial break. Right. So and, and it's, it's all about... It, it's really cool. And it's all about the content towards the movie where it's, you know, right. especially in, in, in the time period we're talking about right here, you couldn't just get on Netflix and watch whatever movie you wanted. You pretty much had to watch whatever was on TV at the time. And, you know, maybe it's a movie you've seen several times before, but a lot of those, the the host bringing up the, the, the facts about uh, some background on the actors or uh, maybe there was some goofy stuff that went on on set during the filming of this movie and they talk about, they kind of tell a story with that. You know, things that, right. even if you've seen the movie before, maybe there's some things to learn and keep you interested. Um, and give you a little bit something else in addition to the movie you've already seen at least once before absolutely and i and i like personally i do i i really enjoy that like when fx a lot of times they'll show like superhero movies i really like that like they'll even go and show behind the scenes clips of how they filmed a certain scene right Mm -hmm. so it's like the scene you're about to watch is actually what's going to come right up after commercials so that's really cool yeah yeah especially when they're they're tied to the movie like that Mm mm-hmm Exactly. So, moving on a little bit through the overview. <clears throat> so, kind of like we were talking about, hosts are written to hold on and help to bridge the gap between movies and the history that created the movies. Uh, where hosts were once a matter of necessity, introducing a series and then expanding out to fill in for commercial breaks, they remain a serious branding technique even till even today. Uh, people could identify network a network by its hosts, whether that was the litany of horror hosts that pre- uh, peppered the airwaves of various local networks throughout the country to AMC's Bob Dorian. Uh, the underlying presence of hosts allow people to identify the program as well as social experience that is a movie or TV show. Um, right. So, so kind of what I was reading about that, mm-hmm. where a lot of times, like, let's say you go see a movie for the first time, right? Most of the time, 
you're with somebody or, you know, with a friend or something or with somebody that's in the like-minded, like in the same mindset as you of like, I can't wait to see this movie. Let's go see it together. So that's what kind of the hosts did was that they were there to help share the experience of watching it with you. So instead of you just watching it randomly by yourself on the couch, now you're virtually with somebody experiencing the movie together. Right. No. So it made you feel like you're learning about it no, with them. No, I get you. It, it's like it's like going to get the, it's like the personal experience of going to see a new movie with somebody, but you know, if you're by yourself, that host gives you the personal interaction that you would still get when you went to go see a movie with somebody or watched a movie at home with somebody right sometimes i'm my own host so i'll pause it at random points and then i'll talk to myself on how this how this uh, scene was filmed and then so you i'd get back into your own your own host Mm -hmm. and i get up and stand in front of the tv (laughs) acting like i'm talking to an audience uh that's funny so that kind of leads us to... I, I hope you don't believe that. Well, I don't know. It could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I know how weird you are. <laughs> uh, so just kind of going along with that, uh, one that we, you know, as an example for this, I mean, we have local TV and horror hosts, uh, uh, Barry Lee Hobart out of Dayton, Ohio, also known as Dr. Creep. And that's something that we'll talk about a little bit later on as you know not only where there was each station local station kind of known for their own host whether it was like a regular uh afternoon movie host or it was a horror movie host on the weekends um they often had kind of their own persona that they would like almost like a an individualized branding for the actual host now they didn't necessarily need that if the host was already well known for something else um, but we definitely see that a ton in the horror movie host where they had this huge persona. They might have little skits and stuff in between the commercial breaks, um, mm-hmm. all kind of relating back to the persona of the host and what their, their, uh, trying to think what it'd be called, what their pseudonym would be on the air. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so that was almost kind of a, a culture in itself of, people being into the host more than the actual movie that they're watching exactly it all snowballed from there right like the host itself kind of brings the atmosphere Mm -hmm. of the program you're watching and then that a lot of people are drawn to that i'm with you yeah they're almost drawn to that more than the actual movie itself Mm -hmm. right so they'll know exactly like when to tune in you know mm-hmm. i mean they might know the movie or whatever like sometimes if you follow a favorite podcast or just some sort of content creator no matter if you know that you like the game that they're streaming or whatever you're there for the person because they bring a good environment right it's like it doesn't matter what they're doing you're just there because they're entertaining exactly exactly nope, i feel you Thanks for sticking with us. We know we're entertaining. Uh, <laughs> afternoon movies. So the afternoon movie hosts. Um, so the afternoon movie was a popular practice of local television stations throughout the country in the 1950s through the 1970s. And so this is kind of how it came up with a conversation with my mom. Um, it generally consisted of the daily weekday showing of old films, usually between 1230 and 2 p.m. If the film ran two hours or more, it usually was split into two parts. So something where it's like Monday, Tuesday. Tuesday, we'll be watching this movie mm-hmm. in two separate parts. Right. So, um, 
which is kind of interesting because you know soap operas and stuff. You so so you either had soap operas or you could watch your afternoon movie. Definitely the afternoon movie. After, yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm on the afternoon movie side. <laughs> you mean you mean you don't you don't want to watch Mindless in Seattle or um, uh, Lucy as the, as, Lucy and as the world turns and the days of the our lives turn, and days of our lives. I know I'm this because you know more than I know. My mom used to watch. I used to come inside after school, <laughs> and my mom would be watching. <laughs> Uh, this was when she was still at home before she went back to work. She would be okay. I'd come back home, and after she did whatever she did throughout the day, she's watching soap operas. Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> I love it. So bad. They're still like horrible. They're just not good. They're horrible acting. There's everything's horrible. About them. The plot is horrible. The acting is <laughs> the horrible. Plot. The the mm-hmm. if you actually watch the quality of the production, the the image quality is horrible. There's nothing good about any of those. <laughs> <laughs> not one good thing but you know you know you have to give it to them a little bit they do push those things out like it, it's going out of style like that's the thing though is that i feel like the production quality and stuff suffers because they like literally film and push out an episode like within 12 hours i feel like oh yeah they they pump out shows like crazy i think some of those soap operas are do do multiple shows a week right no i think you're right which is crazy i think you're right like that, th- that's, that's mind blowing to me that they'll that shows do one show a week. Right, kind of blows my like mind us. that that's possible, but multiple a week. Right, <laughs> it's nuts. <clears throat> uh, okay, so anyway, afternoon movie hosts popular through the fifties and the seventies, usually starting around twelve thirty in the afternoon. So, for example, Atlanta local station WSB TV would show films in this uh, time slot under the umbrella title armchair playhouse which is kind of cool so this is the brand that you would hop on and so if you enjoy their content maybe not every movie they show but you enjoy the kind of atmosphere they bring you're always going to tune into armchair playhouse popular titles such as 1953 house of wax the beast from 20,000 fathoms also in 1953 the 1935 mutiny on the bounty the 1949 film the secret garden or national velvet in 1944 would often turn up as afternoon movies, and then years later in 1978, National Velvet was shown on network television by CBS themselves. So during the Christmas season, a lot of times they'd kind of change their mindset and obviously go for the uh, feelings of the season. Such films as Gulliver's Trails of 1939, Hansel and Gretel, an opera fantasy filmed in 1954, A Christmas Carol, 1938, which is absolutely classic, would sometimes be telecast on local stations after the network telecast of Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which is interesting because, you know, you, you take a look at these local stations, right? So anymore, a lot of local stations are very much like syndicated to a bigger name, mm-hmm. right? So the only thing local are going to be like your your, your tele, um, newscasts, right. right, at certain points during the day. But I feel like at this time when afternoon movie hosts were a very popular thing, things were a lot more local in terms of programming. Right. A lot of times, like, your only national syndicated programming would be the 6 o'clock world news, you know? Yep. But everything else is going to be absolutely local. So that's why a lot of these movies are going to be kind of small-time, uh, get-up kind of movies that uh, aren't necessarily shown all the time worldwide or well-known at the time. Like, like so nowadays, you think of a, a local station. I guess the only one that pops in my head right now is, uh, like, Fox 8 local news, which is what we have around here. Mm-hmm. Um, right. They'll give it's 
pretty good local news. But then when they're not running local news at the top and bottom of the hour in the evenings, it's all just Fox syndicated programming. Right. And and you can be able to watch that anywhere you anywhere you are in the world. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be it might not be the t- same time slots cuz they might be running reruns or something like that, but it's all mm-hmm. there's nothing original absolutely nothing original to that local station anymore. Right, and that's what made Afternoon Movie Hosts so popular was because they kind of became local celebrities, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we don't subscribe to like television at all we just stream everything we do but i remember growing up when we saw our local like meteorologist weatherman jay like it was the coolest thing in the world we're like oh hey that's jay from channel 13 or whatever oh my (laughs) god you know like it was the coolest thing and so that's kind of where these afternoon movie hosts came in and my my mom was kind of talking about how the afternoon movie host would also be very influential in the community where like they'd go to a grand opening or they'd like host a charity event, you know, Yeah. because they were a well-known local talent. Well, so it's kind of cool. I'm glad you brought that up because we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more and we start talking more towards the, the horror movie hosts on the, like on weekends instead of afternoons, how a lot of those guys were, or a lot of those, they weren't all guys. They, a lot of those individuals were, basically just people from around the station that they either got volunteered or they were volunteered for that role. Like they're, you know, after the final, uh, after the final weather forecast for the night, the weatherman might have to run across the soundstage and get a quick costume change because at the Mm -hmm. the next hour he's got, uh, the horror movie special and it's, it's the same guy. He's just doing double duty and he goes (laughs) and gets a costume change and some makeup. And now he's the the movie host. Um, Right. And that was re- especially in the smaller stations, that was really, really common where it's like it almost was it was like, hey, let's uh, let's start doing a movie host program. And then they just kind of look around and decide who's going to be best at it. And now that person's responsible for the being the host, you know. Right. Right. And then you just go from there. Right. Right. Yeah. Too funny. I think that that whole aspect of it is pretty cool, too, where it's it wasn't always that. It wasn't always their sole job as the movie host. It was just kind of whoever best was best suited for that job. They right. got stuck with doing it. Exactly. And then some people, whether caught on or didn't. Exactly. Yeah. And it could go I either way. It. I love it. Right. <clears throat> right. So the next point here was kind of elaborating a little bit more on what we were talking about, how like cable TV just wasn't a thing. So usually you either watch the movie on telecast or you just wait for it to be shown in a revival house, which I'm guessing is just kind of like a movie theater that you'd go to that's showing older movies or something like that. Yeah, it'd be like, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of any notable ones. The only one I can think of is one local to us is the the Renaissance, uh, where they tend right. to play older movies for kind of like a discount price. Right, um, right. Which is, I mean, it's crazy to put yourself in a mindset of back then where, uh, you know, programming on tv and well like radio maybe not so much but on tv like there was times where there was like literally nothing on like it's dead air like like you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like nothing every, is showing every until night, five o'clock channels would sign off every night there'd be uh mm-hmm. they'd uh i remember you know no in my lifetime channels have never done that but uh listening to my parents talk about older tv stations there would be 
whenever the channel was done, whether it was like 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night or something, they'd play the national anthem and then uh, sign off and it would either go to static or it'd be like a test screen the rest of the night until tomorrow morning when the local station was ready for its traffic and weather, you know. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. It's hard to believe now in Uh, our 24-hour society that stations would sign off like that. 24 hours and on demand. Um, (laughs) So the last point here is some local stations also telecast morning movies in much the same kind of format. These were often shown from 930 in the morning to 11 a.m. And like the afternoon films would often be split up into two parts. And many obscure B films turned up as the morning movies, though occasionally a big film such as The Miracle of the Bells would be telecast. So... Interesting, interesting stuff. Yeah, so pretty much just the same thought process. Just looking at a little bit different demographic. People wanting to, you know, getting up, having a slow start on a Saturday morning. And, uh, you know, need something to watch. Exactly. All right, man. What's up, big guy? So moving a little bit more into the horror host side of things. This was a... This maybe kind of caught on a little bit later, it seems like. But just from our research, it seems like Horror Host was far more prevalent than regular afternoon movies, hosting right. hosting of regular afternoon movies was. Um, right. Different demographic. This was definitely marketed more towards uh, kids and adolescents on you know late Friday and Saturday nights, um, mm-hmm. although I think adults we're still watching as well. I know we'll get into a little bit about uh, some local uh, horror host in Ohio that I think my dad still sits in his chair every Saturday night watching old B movies uh, right. from a, a local <laughs> horror movie host in Ohio here. Your dad cracks me up. <laughs> so a horror host is a person who acts as the host or presenter of a program where horror films as well as Low-budget B-movies, often the same thing, um, are shown on television or the internet. Uh, Usually the host would assume kind of a horror-themed persona, um, and very, very often, almost 100% of the time, it would be a very campy or humorous persona, too. Kind of super Mm -hmm. outlandish, goofy makeup, like weird, like top hat and Dracula collar (laughs) kind of deal. Right. Um, right, right. Or like some sort of botched Frankenstein looking thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they were, they are pretty goofy. I do have a little bit of back, back or backstory, uh, a little bit of reference for some of these horror movie hosts and they can get kind of zany. <laughs> um, so generally there are breaks in the film where the host would actually comment on various aspects of the movie. Kind of like you were talking about before where they might, uh, come back from commercial, and then they would kind of reintroduce the movie almost almost in a fashion that would get the viewer back in the mindset of where they left off and what's going to happen, happen next. Um, okay. And then oftentimes they would kind of go into a little bit of a side story talking about, you know, if there's any fun facts about the movie, like, hey, this, you know, this particular scene, they kept screwing it up and it took 500 different cuts to get it right or something like that, you know, little right, bits right. of information. Um, that's kind of where they would throw them in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always like the kind of things. Oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. 
<laughs> You're getting to the point. Sorry, I read ahead, and I said that was exactly what I was going to say. Go ahead, big guy. <laughs> okay, so uh, hopefully this is what you were talking about. Many horror host shows um, would actually include skits involving the hosts themselves, and sometimes with a sidekick or other supporting characters. Uh, all within the confines of the movie. So there was this kind of like what we were talking about before, where it's you know, it's not just someone introducing the movie and then they play the movie. It's There's a lot of people who are watching that program specifically for the host and to watch the skits in between the commercial breaks. And right. they're there for the host program, not as much there for the movie. Right. And it's kind of cool, too, because sometimes like the skits would almost be a two-parter, right? So they'd start off the skit, something would happen, the hosts and the sidekick or whatever would get themselves in some sort of situation, and then it'd go to the commercial breaks, then you'd have to bring your booty back to see what happens, you know, obviously in some weird, comedic, bizarre kind of fashion, but... (laughs) <laughs> another way of branding it, you know, another way of branding it to get the, the viewers back on board. Yeah. And, and it's, and I, that's exactly how it was. Um, you know, it's like, like I was saying, my dad is, he still watches uh Sven Gulli out of Cleveland. I believe Cleveland seemed Cleveland Akron area seemed like it was really, really huge with horror movie hosts. I just know from <laughs> uh, family members talking about I mean, all the way back into, I think it started in maybe in the 50s, there was uh, Goulardi and the Ghoul and the Son of Ghoul, and then now it's uh, Sven Gulli, all originating around, uh, I think it kind of started in the Euclid area of Cleveland. Okay, um, cool. That's awesome. And it seems like there's there's a, even the old ones, even uh, Goulardi and the Ghoul, there's almost a cult following uh, to this day. I see, I see people with... Uh, Goulardi t-shirts and and wearing them around it's kind of a, a subculture in itself you know in northeast okay. ohio that's really which cool which is interesting um so if we kind of want to back up a little bit we can some of the early hosts uh the te- first television horror host is generally accepted to be vampira uh the vampira show featured mostly low budget suspense films um as few horror films had actually been released for television broadcast at this time. Um, so it actually ran for a pretty short amount of time from 1954 to 1955. But in that time, the vampire show set the standard format for horror host shows to follow in its footsteps. Uh, so this is kind of what we were talking about where it's hosts were, especially in, in the horror format here, Hosts were often just plucked from the ranks of the existing studio staff. Uh, so in the days of live television, it was not uncommon in the slightest for the weatherman or booth announcer or whoever to finish the nightly news broadcast and have to race over to another part of the soundstage uh, to do a costume change and makeup or whatever they had to do and get ready to prevent the uh, get re- get ready to present the horror movie that was going to be featured that night oh i love it and it's so cool like not not necessarily going off of the whole dual personality of like studio staff but it's cool to also see this implemented in like horror films you know so just remember like 
how campy a lot of horror films begin, right? Like take Halloween, for example, Mm -hmm. where, you know, the babysitter comes over, uh, you know, the kids are without parents, so the babysitter just doesn't care. A lot of times they'll throw on a horror movie for the kids to watch, right? And a lot of times it's like these campy horror movies with these hosts, Mm -hmm. and and it's kind of exemplified and used in even horror movies themselves so i thought that's right really it's cool. kind of the the corniness is playing off of already established corniness mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah i haven't thought about it exactly. that way but that that's funny i never put that put that together right and, and i feel like it's just like the history behind horror movies you know it's just like the horror movie hosts and horror movies it's just a thing it's just something that's connected <laughs> i love it so, kind of rounding out the horror program topic here. So, we talked about the the very beginnings with the early hosts, and now we'll get into a little bit of the later hosts and kind of like the 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 legacy that has been established. So, the tradition has continued throughout the 1960s and 70s, um, and gained national attention in the early 80s after the death of LA's host Sinister Seymour. So. Obviously, Sinister Seymour, he was big. Everybody knew his name. Everybody watched his program. That being said, after his death, Cassandra Peterson auditioned for the replacement host and ended up winning the role. This would spark one of the most recognizable host names of all time. This is, of course, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, uh, who is absolutely the most widely recognized horror host in history um right i mean if this put if this puts how how far elvira you know uh, stretched per se we have an arcade bar here in town that has an elvira pinball machine mm. and every time i go every time i go with my friend we play it because it is a very fun board it's a, it's a lot of fun that's but, fantastic Right. If that if that puts anything in perspective, there is Elvira pinball machines. I think, I mean, it's interesting. It seems like Elvira, well, I guess specifically Cassandra Peterson. I mean, that's pretty much, that's who she is now, that she is Elvira. Right. You know, I, right. I, uh, I came across her, Cassandra Peterson's Instagram the other day, and she has a huge internet following to this day i think her instagram is huge but the point i'm trying to make is it seems like everything that she does in life is somehow affiliated with elvira it's almost like that's that has she has become elvira she's no longer cassandra peterson absolutely oh yeah absolutely because like you'll see her you don't see you know you see elvira that's what it is it's nuts which is it's crazy. It's, I don't know. It, it's crazy how, you know, such a, a goofy format, you know, a, a horror movie host show that's, they're all super campy and she has absolutely made an industry out of it. Right, um, right. And and like, it, and it's funny too, because a lot of times the common thread between these are like outrageous hairs, like hairstyles too. <laughs> like Elvira has that huge, like, you know, cone of just black hair. Right. Something like Frankenstein's bride or whatever would have. Yeah. And it, I mean, let's be honest, it, it certainly doesn't, doesn't hurt the fact that, you know, the goods are always hanging out. 
That's true. But you should you should look at the sketch of the Avaiwa pinball machine. <laughs> it's just like those two watermelons right there in the in the in the middle. <laughs> yeah, like we, what? We finally talk about the elephant in the room here, um, <laughs> you know, which is Cassandra Peterson and why she became the big name that she is. <laughs> no one's coming oh to watch the crappy movies. Oh my god. <laughs> what's wrong with us um anyway moving on so kind of talking about how it started to explode in the 1980s uh towards the end of the 80s uh another big huge name that i hear thrown around a lot is mystery science theater 3000 uh would capture the popular imagination and build a massive fan base and i think relatively recently i think there was a mystery science theater 3000 reboot as well i do believe you're right i think i saw it advertised on netflix i don't know if it was a netflix original but i think it was it was uh a reboot that was also being simulcasted on netflix right and i don't think it was anything to write home about i think it was not as good slated as Mm -hmm. the og mystery science theater 3000 i think i think you're right yeah I, i mean i've never watched mystery science theater or anything i think my dad had used to be into it imagine that he used to be into mystery science theater as well <laughs> right um, I, I don't put it past him uh so that's kind of my that's where my knowledge comes from on it but uh, okay yeah it seems like you know all this stuff started with local network stuff back in you know starting briefly in the 50s going to the 60s and 70s and then it took to the 80s for right. it really became popular and it was kind of it seems like it's kind of on the unfortunate side that it might have gotten super all of this got super popular in the 80s and then that's kind of where net local network television started to fall apart yeah i know right. uh, it wasn't right. shortly after that that that's when all the shows started be all the shows started to become syndicated um yep there wasn't any local network individuality after that uh so it seems like there was a a huge build-up and then the market just kind of changed right right i think i think really the only kind of thing well not necessarily individually local market but at least via syndicated individual uh well-known television station names interesting and unique personalities throughout still remains are the late night talk shows because mm-hmm. each each big you know television ho like television company has their own unique personality with their late night television host so i feel like that's probably as close as we can get to this stuff now obviously certain shows can <clears throat> implement hosts themselves but we'll never ever have the same kind of hosts that that made afternoon and horror hosts so Awesome. Oh, definitely. I I definitely agree that that's really the last little bit of individuality that we have is the late night talk show host. But even looking at those, those are they might be unique to a a a news outlet station, but right. they're still syndicated across all of the different ABC affiliates, all the different oh, NBC yeah. affiliates. Uh, oh yeah. You know, it's still. It's they're still running the same thing on all the different channels, you know. It's it's nothing exactly. that's, that's it's local. So I don't think that we'll we'll really see that anymore. I don't really see how we can in the in the type of society right. that we live in today. 
Um, right, which sucks because I'm all about content creation, man. Right. That being said, I think from an article that we were kind of uh, reading before, I do get the feeling that there is kind of a rise of movie host. Uh, I think we'll start seeing a rise in it on internet platforms here in the next few years. Um, That's awesome. It seems like there is a a calling for someone to host a movie, even though you can you can pause it, you can skip forward. It's a watch <laughs> on demand. I think that there's still going to be a market for a host because, like we talked about before, you know, it's it's not about it's not that you need the actual introduction to the movie. You don't need all of that stuff, but it's all about making a personal connection with someone while you're watching the movie if you're watching it by yourself you're yep. there's a lot of people who are going to be willing to watch that if they're sitting at home watching movies by themselves right exactly i'm with you and that's really cool because even just with fashion i feel like a lot of stuff with uh just history in general and then pop culture especially retro pop culture it all comes back around man mm-hmm. we're making a 360 here we go yeah we've been living at the past couple years where it's it seems like the past five years or so, there's been kind of a a popular decade that has took over pop culture. And right now, right. I think we're in the '80s. Everything '80s is super popular, and I think, right? I think from here on out, we're going to be just doing a cycle of a cycle of whatever's popular. Uh, re- I'm with you. Recycling I'm with you. the style, recycling the 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 topics. Right. So right. it could be kind of cool. But right. Absolutely. But here on Young Nostalgia, we're always popular. <laughs> That's true. So as far as like <laughs> if everything's kind of cycling back for if we're Young Nostalgia, that means we always have to be a couple steps behind everybody, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that works. I love it. Right. Thank you guys so much for joining us. That was episode 102, all about afternoon movie hosts, horror movie hosts. It was a cool topic, um, something that was definitely interesting to explore and something that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on as we move through the on-demand streaming platform that we are currently living in to see how hosts play a part in that thank you so much for joining us as always if you enjoy what you hear you can find us on all your favorite podcasting platforms apple music google play stitcher spotify we're out there if you're enjoying it please give us a five star review take about 12 and a half seconds let us know what you enjoy down in the comments you can also email us everything you enjoy do not enjoy or want to be a guest or a future topic let us know young nostalgia pod at gmail.com thank you guys so much anything else big guy no, I think we. I think that was a good show. Uh, Absolutely, a lot of fun. Definitely a fun show. Coming back after a little bit of a break, um, and hopefully be hitting you guys with something super fun next week. Heck yeah, always super fun. All right, <laughs> I think we're good to go. I appreciate it, man. As we always say here on Your Nostalgia, keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. I'll see you next week. Oh, 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 oh